Yo, I'm Shay Serrano. And I'm Brandon Jinx Jenkins. We have a new show called No Skips with Jinx and Shay. In it, we discuss the most unskippable albums in hip hop history. New episodes drop on Thursdays, only on Spotify. This episode of The Town is brought to you by FX's The Bear, starring Jeremy Allen White, Ayo Adebri, and Eben Moss Backrack. Season two follows as the crew work to transform their grimy sandwich joint into a next level spot. It turns out the only thing harder than running a restaurant is opening a new one. Television Academy members can watch all episodes at fxnetworks.com slash FYC. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. All right. It is Tuesday, July 5th. It is post-holiday weekend. For most of us, that means slinking back into work and figuring out how to while away the summer days. For billionaires and media moguls, it means you are probably headed to Sun Valley, Idaho. That is the site of the annual Allen & Company Conference, aka Summer Camp for Billionaires. It is a conference where the top executives at most of the media and technology companies gather for a week of conferences, meetings, presentations, chatting, avoiding the journalists who stake you out from the bar and try to ask you questions. There's a long history in media of big deals happening at this conference. I mean, it's where Disney decided to buy ABC. It's where Jeff Bezos met with the owner of the Washington Post and decided to buy the Post. General Electric, which owned NBC at the time, ended up selling the network to Comcast uh, over drinks at this event. It's a big deal for people in the media world. And yet we know almost nothing about the actual conversations that happen. People say they know, and sometimes the moguls will come out and do an interview and say, yeah, we're talking about this. But for the most part, they don't. And we don't know what they're talking about until months later when deals are announced. So today I thought I'd have Lucas Shaw on, our normal Monday morning guy, and talk a little bit about some of the wish lists, some of the predictions that we hope people are talking about. The heads of Disney will be there, Netflix, Comcast, Elon Musk, Bill Gates, Tim Cook from Apple. All the big executives are going to be at this event. And so today we're going to go into what we think and hope they will be talking about. From The Ringer and Puck, I'm Matt Bellany, and this is The Town. All right, we are here with Lucas Shaw of Bloomberg. Lucas, you and I are in Los Angeles. We are not in Sun Valley, Idaho. Uh, But you have been to the annual Mogul Summer Camp for Billionaires. Um, What's your impression from uh, having gone? Uh, The highlight of my trip, which at this point I think was about seven years ago, was a baked potato that I had at a a restaurant after a long day of standing, waiting for billionaires and other moguls to to come and talk to me. And um, look, everyone I I went with at the time said that there was a, a moment in time where it was great to go as a journalist because it was more open. And so you could wander into the bar at this one hotel and see Rupert Murdoch there and go up and talk to him. And maybe he would give you some pearls of wisdom or say something controversial. But they've really roped off most of the the fancy attendees in the past several years. And so they keep they keep the press out and away of all these meetings. And so you're just hoping that 
you're, you're trying to get these people to come and talk to you walking from one place to another, or there's a big line of press that stands outside of the entrance to the hotel on the first day or two, because as every person gets out of their private car, they can decide whether they want to come and talk to the press. And while most people don't, there will be some particularly chatty people who do or who come and say nothing. Yeah, it's a total waste of time. I mean, I, I just, I don't, there's nothing more humiliating than sitting there waiting for someone to like, you know, descend from Mount Olympus and like give you some kind of juicy quote and it will likely never happen. And if it does happen, it'll be in front of 30 other journalists that will also have the same quote. It's like being a paparazzi stalked outside of Jennifer Garner's house or something. It's not great. The, the one time I went, I, you feel an obligation if you're there, of course, to produce some kind of copy, <laughs> right. some story. Justify your expense account uh, at the lodge at Sun Valley. Yeah, and so you end up just trying to get a sense of what they... It, it, unless you're really good, lucky, and can figure out some deal or conversation between two companies happening, you're trying to get a sense of what is discussed in this room where you've got you know, uh, corporate titans getting briefings from journalists and experts on certain subjects of the day. And I, I will remember the one person or one of the few people who was willing to share with me what was discussed in the room when it happened was Les Moonves, who probably, who, who was not invited back. Uh, <laughs> For obvious reasons. I mean, there are those guys, like Barry Diller will usually drop some bomb, say something controversial, shit on Hollywood and say the streaming service is one. But, you know, we can read all about that elsewhere. I knew, I do know some journalists who go and love it and think it's valuable, but not me. So let's, instead of that, instead of discussing the ins and outs of the bar at the Sun Valley Resort, let's talk about the people there and who should be having more substantive conversations. Because... Everybody in the media and tech universe is there, with exceptions. And they do have conversations that lead to deals, significant deals. So if you were drawing out a playbook for this year's Sun Valley Retreat, what would you want people to talk about? I came up with, with a list of a few that I think but that probably won't happen, but I think would be fun. Starting with... I would love to see Brian Roberts and Bob Chapek sit down. Brian Roberts is the CEO of Comcast. Bob Chapek is the CEO of Disney. There is a long simmering feud between these two companies. They they both pursued assets from, from Fox, the entertainment assets. Disney ended up getting it, but Brian Roberts drove up the stake uh, or drove up the price. They just have fought about a, a bunch of stuff over the years. And there is a, a lingering issue for both of them, which is Hulu. Um, which Disney owns the majority of. Comcast still owns a stake. Comcast thinks that Disney is starving Hulu to try to drive down its value. Disney is at some point supposed to buy Comcast out of it. It makes no sense that this continues to be unresolved. And I would like these two to come together, patch it up, figure out what they're going to do about Hulu. And oh, by the way, which is something that I think you want to get into, they are both companies that should are at least looking at or should be doing something in the video gaming space. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, Comcast owns NBC Universal, obviously. And for me, the fact that NBC Universal has started pulling all of its content off of Hulu, no SNL at, uh, for next season. Um, some of the other shows that I do watch on Hulu are, are going over to Peacock, which is going to probably force me to subscribe to Peacock, which is annoying. Um, yeah, it'd be great if they could resolve that and f Disney could figure out what they're going to do with Hulu. Will Hulu exist? Because outside of the U.S., Hulu does not exist. And in the U.S., there's a big movement from some of the analysts that 
maybe it should be folded into Disney Plus or become a tile on Disney Plus or become an upcharge or whatever it is. Um, so maybe we'll get some movement on that. It'll be interesting because the Disney contingent is Bob Chapek, Kareem Daniel, and the CFO. And those two guys are relatively new to the job. I mean, Bob Iger, the former CEO, will also be in Sun Valley, which is a bit awkward. They don't really get along. Um, but I could see Chapek wanting to do some kind of big deal. He has not done any big acquisitions or sales in the two and a half years he's been in the job. Uh, I could see him wanting something. And my hope is that he looks at something in the gaming space. I mean, as we see in all of these companies, they are pivoting towards something that is uh, amorphously called the metaverse, which is basically, you know, the future where we are all going to interact and play games and watch content and buy stuff in a virtual environment. Disney is woefully unprepared for that future at this point. They need the Disney Plus interface or something in the company to provide that digital world that could be the digital version of a theme park or something like that. I know they're working on it internally, but a big acquisition in the gaming space. Disney's tried before. They had they have there's a long litany of Disney efforts to get into gaming, everything from uh Club Penguin to what was the other one they bought? They had they had played them. Played them, uh, yeah. They've tried and failed. And Iger at one point basically threw up his hands and said, this is not for us. But I don't think you can do that anymore. I don't think you can say gaming is not for us. Gaming is going to become, in my opinion, the interface that everything goes through. So Disney has to be in that world. And I think they hopefully they'll they'll look for something. What what you brought up, Iger and Chapek, what do you think are the odds that they sit down? And if so, what do they talk about? <laughs> uh, stop leaking negative information about me. Uh, JPEG might say to Iger, and I don't know if that's true, but I know that that's what the JPEG people believe. Um, Iger will probably just kind of shake his hand and say, you know, Iger tends to be above these things in person. It's not like he's going to, you know, be petty and say like, listen, man, you're kind of fucking up. Um, he got his new deal. Chapek was just renewed for another three years. So he's probably doing a victory lap, a little strut there, uh, but he's under scrutiny. And Iger knows that among this class of people, the moguls, he is kind of a god. He, you know, he's the Disney guy and him being there still does overshadow JPEG a little bit, even though he's been in the job two and a half years. Who do you think of the people going is the most respected or the, the one that everyone turns to for, for advice? Well, I think the, the most gawking is going to be Elon Musk. I mean, everybody wants to know what he's up to and whether the Twitter deal is going to happen and what he might buy next. He's sort of the most erratic of the big moguls. Um, <laughs> Bezos won't be there, but Bezos is also up there. Uh, I think it, it'll be interesting. I think Rupert Murdoch is going, which I think is really interesting given that there's been a lot of chatter about whether he's stepping back from the company. I mean, Lachlan Murdoch is firmly in charge at Fox and, Yet Rupert is still there in his 90s and going to Sun Valley. So I don't know. I think he'll be an interesting one to watch. I think a lot of people will be interested in, in talking to him. You brought up gaming. There were reports, including by by your colleague Dylan Byers, about the conversations between Comcast and, and Electronic Arts, which oh, yeah. feels like it's still floating out there. Um, it does feel like one of these entertainment companies might make a big splash in that area, whether it's Comcast or Disney. You know, Netflix is is making much smaller purchases as it pursues its ambitions. So it doesn't feel like they're necessarily a player to buy one of these big publishers, especially given where the stock is. Um, but I do feel like that is one of the 
the, the potential areas people should have a you know have their eyes out for because what tends to happen at this event is there'll be conversations that that happen there that then lead to some deal in six or nine months. Right, exactly. It's interesting because everyone still, I think, in some ways does have Netflix envy, even though the stock is in the toilet. Netflix is building up its gaming aspirations. And you saw Microsoft swoop in and buy Activision Blizzard, which is a big deal because now it puts Microsoft, they were already a player with Xbox and stuff, but it gives them huge heft in this battle for the metaverse. And Comcast wants to be there. Disney wants to be there. A couple others I think would be interesting as as home for these gaming platforms, um, Apple, Amazon. I don't know. I mean, the the app the Apple contingent will be there. Tim Cook is going to be there. If you had ten minutes with Tim Cook and you were a, a, a head of a media company, what would you what would you want out of Tim Cook? Other than please buy us, <laughs> keep buying shows is probably what I'd want because I totally. think that. They're the, they're like the last big spender at this point. Yeah, I just Apple Apple is is uniquely positioned right now as one of the only companies that can still spend a ton on programming. Part of it is because they're coming from a small base, but part of it is also like money doesn't matter to them, at least not in the content. If you're talking about five billion dollars, whereas Netflix, Disney, Warner Brothers, Discovery, all these companies are having to be you know a bit more cautious with their spending. Um, and and Apple doesn't have to play by those rules. And if anything, it feels kind of emboldened by some of its recent success, both with with the Oscar for Best Picture and with some some early hits so far this year. I think if you're Netflix also and you are running around Sun Valley, I think everybody wants to know about this advertising tier that you're launching. I mean, we've read this past week that it's supposedly down to Google and Comcast as the two bidders to run the Netflix ad business. Um, both the, the leaders of both those companies will be at Sun Valley. So I imagine there's going to be some talks going on there. Um, but, you know, everybody else will be interested. What are ads on Netflix going to look like? And is that going to be a home run for them? Or is it just going to cannibalize their subscription business? Like, I'm always curious about this. Is that a deal where Reed Hastings and Ted Sarandos can come to some agreement with Sundar Pichai from Alphabet Google or the Roberts from Comcast, and then it filters down to the people that work for them? Because obviously they're not going to be hammering out the the, the particulars of what uh, an ad sales arrangement or an ad tech arrangement is going to look like. I, I talked to some people in the middle of this. It's a team effort. The entire... Comcast and Google, you know, ad platform strategy teams are in the middle of this, putting together their best bid, trying to get their best foot forward. The the CEOs are not in the weeds on this. Uh, they obviously they have to pull the trigger, but it's the, you know these businesses are so complex that you have to essentially make your argument with data, and the data people are the ones driving the train. And it, from what I've heard. Do you think that stick with Bob Chapek that he and Brian Lord will sit down and hold hands and sing Kumbaya? Oh, that's an interesting one. Brian Lord is the uh, managing partner of CAA, the talent agency that has Scarlett Johansson, and they obviously got into a big feud last summer over her pay on Black Widow. Um, you know, Brian Lord just bought ICM, the talent agency, and Chris Silberman, the head of that agency, will be with him. So maybe there, there's an opportunity there for the two of them to sit down with Chapek and say, listen, 
we're a lot bigger now. You have to pay more attention to us. Uh, don't fuck around with our clients. Um, I don't think they'll use those terms, but um, <laughs> maybe there will be. Although if I'm JPEG, you know, I'm I'm saving my time for the bigger names. I'm not wasting it with these agency people. He can also meet with them in Los Angeles. Although that's the funny thing about these conferences, of course, is these are people that you can see in LA or New York or some yacht or a, a beach house in the Hamptons. And yet so much of the activity happens from two weeks or f- from a few days of meeting in, uh, in Sun Valley. Yeah, I mean, that's every. How many people have you met at a film festival or a TV event that like, you know, work down the street from you in LA? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the, the, the joke, of course, in LA is that uh, if you live on opposite sides of town, you, you are more likely to see someone at a conference or a film festival than you are in the city. Absolutely. Yeah. So, all right. Final, final hope and prayer for the Sun Valley Conference, other than that there's no traffic jam at the airport in uh, Idaho. I would love for the Roberts family and Comcast to figure out what it wants to do with NBCU and what its strategy is coming out of this event. Figure out some deal, figure out some something that everybody seems to expect is imminent. You think that they're going to sell it or merge it or something like that? It's not, it's really not clear. Uh, it just, there's just too much noise around them to think that they're going to do nothing. I mean, that's an interesting one because in the media universe, there are the controlled companies and the non-controlled companies, meaning there are conglomerates like Comcast and Paramount Global that are controlled by a family, Fox. Then there are the non-controlled companies, Warner Brothers Discovery, Disney, Netflix that are essentially open to the whims of shareholders and the market. And I just don't see Comcast offloading NBCU or merging it because they like it. They like that business. They like being players. Uh, Brian Roberts, I think, enjoys the power that a media company uh, comes with it. And I don't see a reason. Same with Sherry Redstone. Everyone's like, oh, she's going to sell Paramount Global. I don't think so. I think she's finally got her people in place. She's, you know, outlasted her father, rested the company back. She may not have the stock price that her investors want, but so what? It's her company. She can do what she wants. Okay, so what do you want to see happen? I would like Elon Musk to go on an absolute tear and just start spouting all sorts of crazy stuff to the media there. I think that he's an entertaining person. Um, So personally, from a news perspective, I'm hoping Elon gets a platform and can't help himself. From a deal perspective, honestly, I would like to see some kind of a, you know, indication of what the future of Warner Brothers Discovery is going to be. Because David Zasloff last year at this event, he looked at the media and he said, we're not done yet when he was talking about Warner Brothers Discovery. So that to me indicates that at some point, they will either buy something else or flip that whole company over to a bigger buyer to build up, you know, an even bigger media conglomerate or sell it to Apple or something like that. And I think that's ultimately the end game for Zaslav. His compensation is extremely tied to the stock price. And in order to get that stock price up, I think he's got to get a deal uh, to sell this entire company at some point. So to your Elon Musk Twitter thing, I will say that my dream from just a newsworthy perspective, I think the odds of this happening are incredibly low. 
But I would love to see the head of a major tech or media company get upset with the CEO of Slack, who will also be there for for being the source of all of their company problems over the last couple of years. That's funny, but that's a slippery slope. I mean, you could blame any number of these media companies. I mean, how many problems has Twitter caused? How many problems has uh, has you know Google and Apple caused these companies? Um, no doubt. Basically, we're basically we're, we're basically just saying we want to fight. We want some kind of newsworthy fight to happen. I want a good old fashioned Silicon Valley Hollywood skirmish. I missed the days when they they didn't see eye to eye. And Barry Diller doesn't count. I mean, honestly, I'm so bored of him crapping all over Hollywood. Like it's 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 getting old. He needs a new thing. All right, that's it for today. Thanks, Lucas. Thanks, Matt. All right, we are back with the call sheet, my daily prediction. Before we get to that, Craig, Minions, kind of overperformed. Minions is taking over. <laughs> my uh, my prediction based on the tracking, the tracking was so wrong on this. It said that it wasn't even going to get to 100 million, blew past that, went to 125 million for the holiday weekend, biggest July 4th opening. It's so nuts. My I saw it with my kid this weekend. There were people in the theater dressed in suits, which apparently was a TikTok thing. Listen, we can't try to understand why Gen Z does what they do, but we just got to enjoy the ride. It's kind of crazy. I guess, you know, it makes sense. It's the fifth movie. The first one's in 2010. So people in their 20s have grown up with this franchise. And I guess that means that they are going to honor it by wearing a suit to the theater. I also saw some people dressed as minions, which was pretty funny also. Yeah, it's uh, the Top Gun for kids in their teen years, I suppose. I know. Not you, though. You didn't see it. No, I'm too old to see it. I'm 27. That's too old. I know. And you have no children and you have no other. It's, it's actually, I mean, the movie's not, trust me, in the grand I mean, it's, of it's Minions. Movies. We all know it's yeah. Minions. We know what it is. My kid thought it was like the freaking greatest thing ever. But uh, all right, enough about Minions. Let's go to my prediction. You know, I've been watching over the past week this deal for UCLA and USC to leave the Pac-12 and join the Big Ten Conference. Well, that seems like a sports story, it's really a media story. It's a TV story because the entire reason this is all happening, of course, is the television money. The Big Ten is about to renegotiate its media rights deal, having two teams from the Los Angeles area, the second biggest media market. It's going to help them. The estimates I saw is that UCLA and USC are going to go from making about 30 to $40 million in their annual deal from the Pac-12 to making over 100 million dollars a year from this Big Ten deal. And that is my prediction is that this is the beginning of the end. It happened in the SEC where Texas and Oklahoma joined. Now they've got two teams in the Big Ten from the Pac-12. This is the end of the college sports conference uh, conference alignment. It's going to be four big money, big conferences. Everything else is going to fall away. And television finally killed college sports. And now everybody can get what they wanted, a a Rutgers-UCLA football game in November. Yeah. We all wanted that. We all, I will say, for for a team like USC that, you know, is for people east of the Mississippi is kind of the only college program that those people care about other than than Oregon when they're good. You know, this is a good opportunity for USC to finally get in the mix and play better teams. And, you know, for recruiting, it's going to be better. I will let the sports pundits talk about well, that. Well, they have Lincoln Riley, and I think that is what's going to tip the scale recruiting-wise. USC has been bad for a long time. True. But from my my perspective, I'm looking at the television deals here, and this is all traces back to the Pac-12's 
horrible TV deal that they did under the former commissioner, Larry Scott, where they did not team up with ESPN or one of the others. They decided to do their own conference TV network, which promptly was not carried by a lot of the carriers and languished. They got terrible games. The ratings were horrible and it led to less money. And it really ended up putting the Pac-12 in a horrible position deal-wise where it made sense for UCLA and USC to get out while they could. It's sad. College sports are built on proximity and regional rivalries, and now that's just dead. I guess it also destroys this fiction of the college athletes as anything other than quasi-professionals at this point. I'm sure in five years, college college football teams won't even be tied to their school. They'll they'll essentially just be like a (laughs) mini NFL. Well, these these players can now do, you know, name and image deals. So they're going to, if you're really good, you're going to be paid like a pro. So it makes sense that they would, would kind of be bigger than the school that they're attending. Yeah. All right. That is my prediction. That's the show for today. I want to thank Lucas Shaw. I want to thank producer Craig Horlbeck. And I want to thank you. We'll see you on Wednesday. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.